Hello, welcome to the Heartled Brand Podcast. I'm Abby McGrew, your host, and this is our very first interview episode. I'm super thrilled and excited to finally get this podcast going and talk with some incredible, inspiring founders in the e-commerce space who have created innovative, thoughtful products and just kind of share their stories of how they got to where they are, um, the you know, messy journey of creating a product, building a business, and what it really looks like to build a thoughtful brand. So today we are going to be talking with Rochelle and Gloria of Shell Body. Shell Body is a no-fuss, simple ingredient body care brand created to make everyone feel great in their own skin. They launched in 2022, but they're growing rapidly. I know I have been following them on Instagram and so excited to see all the amazing things that have been happening for them. They've been featured in publications like Girl Boss, The Quality Edit, Vita Daily, and more. Ultimately, they're amazing, and they're on a mission to create unique body care products that make an impact on your body after the first application. Their story is amazing. I'm really excited for you to hear it, and let's jump straight over to the interview. I am so, so excited to be talking with Rochelle and Gloria of Shell Body. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, you know, we like to kind of start with an icebreaker question um, before we dive into everything about your business, um, your journey, all of that. So how about we talk about your dream jobs as kids? I'd be really interested to hear, you know, kind of what you originally wanted to do um, with your with your life uh, and maybe if it's different or the same um, as what you're doing now. Gloria, if you want to go first. Yeah, sure. Sure. I feel first? like I have a range that's like very, very different from what I ended up doing. Um, I first wanted to be an orthodontist. I thought it was so exciting. It's like braces. Everyone needs braces. And then the second thing was I wanted to be a journalist. So that was the pivot away from, so I, I love, I too love asking questions and having dialogue and the sort of like creative aspect of the writing and some design stuff. So yeah, I was either orthodontist or journalist and I am neither of them. <laughs> 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 Uh, when I was younger, so same thing. I first I wanted to be a surgeon, which like I don't do well with blood. I don't even know why I thought that that was a thing. I just thought it was really cool to be a doctor. But then I quickly pivoted and I wanted to be an architect because I love design and building structures and just like spaces. And from that, I wanted to be an interior designer. And again, because I love the the vibe that you get when you walk in the room, the ambiance, the smell of things, the way things are set up, and and so I wanted to be an interior designer, but then I ended up doing business. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is so interesting to hear. And very interesting that they're both medical type fields. So that's really interesting. Well, let's dive into your story. So I would love um, to know what were you all doing before you started Shell? And how did you end up on this path and, and starting this business and also, you know, your co-founders as well. So, you know, how did you come together um, to start the business? I want to hear the whole story. 
So I kind of feel like it's, it's that question of when you're, when you're in a relationship and people are like, how did you meet? <laughs> Everyone has their own version. So I can share my version and then Gloria like jump in. Um, so years and years ago, Gloria and I, and I actually went to the same elementary school together. And then, you know, it's one of those things like your kids, you go to school together. We have like a class photo that we're in it together. I have to find it somewhere. Um, but then years had passed and she was working at a bank in Canada and I joined that bank. And so we worked together for a short amount of time, but we just kind of kept in touch because we worked well together. We have a certain, a similar view on how work should be done. Um, also like a little bit of perfectionism on both sides. And I think that that works. And so we just kind of kept in touch as friends over the years. We both went off and did our own things, um, both still in the marketing space. And during COVID, we reconnected. Um, and as we were talking in COVID, we wanted to start a business together. And so we actually started like a print design business because we were both at home and we realized, hey, there's, there's a gap in the market for creative prints for people of color. A lot of what we saw online didn't reflect the way that we look. And so we wanted to create our own. And so we started growing that and that was really great. And we learned how to scale it a bit and, and do customs. And we got to a point where that wasn't necessarily something we were as passionate about anymore, even though it was doing well. And so we decided to take a pause on it. And this was like around summertime. So we were just chatting and Gloria was like, you know, I have dry skin and I don't know what to do about it. It's kind of annoying. And so there's this product that I've been using for years. It's part of Persian culture. My mom passed it down to me. She actually makes it at home. And so I was like, I think I have something that you might really like. And so I sent it to her and then she tried it. And, and that was kind of like the origin story of how we started talking about turning our product, the exfoliation kit, into shell. But I'll pause there and then I'll, I'll pass the mic to Gloria and then you can talk from like your perspective. I think that is kind of what happened. Like this, it's just the fact that like, you know, in the universe, just like we look back actually and we're like, oh yeah, we saw each other in New York. And then we saw each other, like we volunteered here. And then I kept seeing you here. And I think like sometimes there's signs from whatever powers that be that are just like, oh yeah, I think you guys are meant to connect kind of consistently. So I think that's sort of how we ended up like work life colliding in some ways. And um, we're both in marketing. We do kind of like different aspects of marketing. It's um, been really interesting to just kind of endeavor on something that is so like personal for so many people. And so many people have such, you know, individual experiences and just being able to like enter people's bathrooms and like bring joy to them. So it's, it's been really exciting to explore what that looks like. And it's so new for both of us in some ways and yet so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm curious, just as like a follow-up question since Rochelle, since you kind of like introduced Gloria to like the product and everything, I mean, had you just yourself ever thought like, Oh, this could a business or was it really not until kind of introducing it to Gloria that you all together were like, actually, a lot of people should be using this? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think so. Part of my nature is I always come up with things or I see things and I'm like, this should be a business. And some of it actually comes from my mom. Like at one point she makes yogurt at home and it's delicious. And I was like, we should turn this into a business. Or she makes this really delicious olive paste thing. And I was like, this could be a business. Um, and so I think it's just with this one in particular, I knew that the product worked really well because it worked for me. It helped with ingrown hairs. It helped smooth my skin. 
Um, but I always, I think I had my cultural blinders on where I'm like, well, this is more of like a Persian thing and like a Middle Eastern thing. And a lot of people know about it, but it wasn't until that I had like broken that wall and passed it to a friend of mine from a different cultural background. And she was like, this is really great. And I haven't seen anything like this before. That's when we were like, oh, okay, there is an opportunity because it goes beyond, you know, my culture. And it's, it's just more about skincare and self-care. And so I think in that sense, that's where it, we were like, okay, this should be a business. It, it, it's clearly something that works. And a lot of people don't know about it, especially in the Western world. So like, let's bring this to the masses and show all type of people how they can care for their body in a new way, mm-hmm. uh, different than using like a loofah or your typical scrub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what year was it again that you officially started? 2022? Well, yeah. So it's like basically been six months at this stage, but obviously like more than the transition to being able to share it with the world. Um, but it's interesting because like from my perspective, it was a product that I was looking for, but I think I just didn't know what it looked like. Like, I feel like mm. I've had so many of these types of treatments that I was looking for, but they just didn't exist. So it was just like, there was this aha moment of when I saw it and kind of learned about the process and just figuring out, okay, well, genuinely it solves a problem. Like, that's always like one of the big questions that people ask, like, what problem are you trying to solve? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it it's like cost effective. It's like celebrates a background or a cultural background. And it's simple. Like, that's the thing. It's simple. Like, we use them all the time. But yeah, I mean, with a skincare or a body care brand, um, I'm sure, uh, of course, you all, you know, were using the product yourself, but you've got to do testing in the beginning to, you know, understand how the product is going to work for people um, and kind of get it ready to launch. I'm, yeah, I would be, love to hear it. Like, what did that process look like for you all? Um, And do you have any tips for anyone that might need to do the same? Because I feel like testing, um, I don't know, there are so many factors I'm I'm sure to consider to make sure that you're, um, you know, testing it with like as wide a range of people um, without, you know, starting small, (laughs) of course, still, you know, um, keeping things like realistic for what you're able to do in the beginning. Yeah. What did, how did that go um, approaching that? I think in the, so in the early days, we really, it was just me, Gloria and my mom. <laughs> and we, from like producing the product and creating it, we started with a really small sample. I think like the first time we did it, we had like 30 or something like that. And we just wanted to see how long it would take to make that amount. And then we started giving it out to our friends and getting feedback. I think that's one thing that we've been really good at at Shell is crowdsourcing feedback and being really smart with the way we're spending our time because we are an indie brand. We don't have endless amount of time and resources and money to buy like 10,000 of units, units of something right away. Mm-hmm. So we start small and then we continuously iterate. And that would be my advice to anybody else who's starting out is there's nothing wrong with starting small. I think people often feel like you need to accelerate and go big or go home. And it's like, you know, sometimes slow and steady wins the race. And so that's kind of been our approach. And and even in the last six months, as Gloria was mentioning, since we rebranded, we've accelerated quite a lot, but at a pace that we are comfortable with and at a, at a scale that allows us to continuously iterate our product and make changes. Um, so that's, that's sort of my perspective on it. If you're starting new, don't feel like you have to order 
10,000 units and then panic about how you're going to sell these, how you're going to position yourself and market yourself, especially if you're in the skincare space, it's very competitive. Um, and so test with small groups of people, get their feedback, make sure that the product works for them for different skin types, especially for us. Like we're, it's a topical product that you use on your skin. So we wanted to make sure our friends with different skin types from oily to dry to sensitive tried the product and provided us with feedback so that we can make sure number one, people knew how it worked and two, that they didn't have any reactions mm -hmm. to it. And so that was a big hurdle that we got over pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it's also just being like invested, right? Like having a real conversation with people and having the humility to be like, actually, this is a funny like little mini story that Rochelle and I laugh about, but we did like light advertising at the beginning and somebody wrote down, we had old packaging. We had old packaging before because we tried to go really eco and we still are very eco, but it's just, we went very with a specific aesthetic. And someone commented on an ad and said, it's not even cute. And, oh, <laughs> and I looked at it and I'm oh. like, it's not. <laughs> like, you're right. Thank you for the feedback. That's so true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, proud enough to think that I'm always right. Like, we're not people that know everything. You're our potential customer. Oh. At least you left something. So, yeah, we did um, make adjustments with our packaging. We like we live stream, we get like real feedback, real time. And it's very scary to open yourself up to feedback. Feedback doesn't have to necessarily mm -hmm. be a negative thing, but it's uncomfortable for sure, I think, in general in life. So I think that was a big part of just like welcoming feedback, doing something with the feedback, not assuming that it's like a personal attack or anything <laughs> like that. Like maybe somebody actually just genuinely wanted to give you information you may not have thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, do you have like a consistent way of receiving that feedback? Because I know, you know, some founders that I've spoken with, they'll have, you know, something that's either kind of built into maybe their like customer process of like after they purchase, you know, they're going to month later, send them an email, ask for feedback. Do you all do something like that? Um, yes, yeah, so we have like automated review requests, but we also mm -hmm. early days when Rochelle was talking about like sampling out, we had like a pretty specific um, like Google form for the early test group. And we asked everything about product to the messaging, to the packaging, to everything. And it's just, you know, actually like being tied and accountable to the people that actually either like sampled or purchased and asking for real feedback and making people feel comfortable to share it. So yeah, we do that on a really ongoing basis because we need it, right? Like mm -hmm. how you get customers, that's how you get feedback. That's how you get, how you improve, right? Like, I don't think that what we look like today isn't going to be what we look like even four months from now. Sure. It's also a great way to <clears throat> build advocacy with the early adopters. So the people, we still remember the early adopters and the people that were the first to buy our product and to try our product. And we do always circle back with them as we're developing new things. Or if we have a new product that's launching, we will send it to them because those people that supported you in the beginning and gave you feed, took the time to give you the feedback that cared enough. Um, I think you want to nurture them and bring them along the journey, especially when you're creating a brand nowadays. It's so much about community. It's so much about feedback. It's so much about getting people to appreciate what you're doing. And so it's not even just the product. Sometimes it's like people are, they like Gloria and I, they like the way that we're running our business. They appreciate our brand and they appreciate the mission we have to help people feel good about their skin. So 
Let's get their feedback and help them feel a sense of ownership over what we're doing as well. Because honestly, if it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't be where we are today, six months later. Yeah. Yeah. So were there any other early challenges maybe that you faced um, when starting the business? Anything that maybe you had to like quickly learn on your own um, or yeah, just like figure out when maybe it was something that you'd never done before? I think operations was a big yeah. one. Like, mm-hmm. And that's something right now that we're still working on refining and figuring out the right way to do our, our fulfillment and operations. Because when you're a team of two, like we're a small teams, so we're constantly having these to-do lists that are just getting longer and longer and longer. And so when you're also taking time to pack, inspect, ship, do all of that, it takes away from the time that we could spend strategizing, focusing on wholesale, advertising our product, producing content, right? Like it's a never ending list of things that you have to do as a founder and entrepreneur. And, and so I think from the fulfillment side, we're still working through that. And to this day, it's, I just posted about this two days ago on Instagram where we're, we're looking for a manufacturing partner right now that can work with us in the clean beauty space, but it's so hard to find the right partners. And there's this like process of due diligence that you go through to make sure that they are going to be the right partner, that you can trust each other, that they are going to work with you on the right formulation, packaging, et cetera. So I think that that for me was something that I hadn't experienced before because we're both marketers and we have a marketing background, um, but it was never my role to be, you know, looking for formulators or working with chemists or things that we were out of our scope of work, but are super interesting. And, you know, I think we're killing it as we're, as we're working on these things. Yeah. I think it's just like the constant juggle of being scrappy and making everything yourself and like Mm -hmm. just really accepting that we're going to make mistakes because it's Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Like I think, I don't know if Rochelle like kind of alluded to it earlier, this like perfectionism thing, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people struggle with it. And I think that it's like this like non-attachment to be like, you know what? Things are going to get effed up. Like I just accept that like things are not going to go right all the time. It's not possible. (laughs) And that's fine. Like I accept that about myself and I feel like we can pivot consistently. And it's so long as you're not dwelling on, certain like things that happen that are bound to happen and you find a way forward that's like a really big part of it but I think it is yeah like a constant juggle and also just being like okay things are gonna not be perfect <laughs> and that's there's like a joy mm-hmm. and like hilarity and all of that too mm-hmm. now one thing that I really love about the brand um that you've built and of course I'm a designer. So I'm always paying attention to, you know, the design choices that people make with their products, with their packaging, with color and like the color choices mm-hmm. that people are going to make. And so you all chose this very like memorable yellow color that you use on your product packaging, on your social media, on your website. It's so recognizable, clearly was like an intentional choice. And you mentioned earlier that you did like change the packaging at some point. So maybe it looked um, different before then. But I'm just curious, like what made you go with the yellow as this cornerstone like color for your branding? Especially because sometimes, you know, as a designer, I'll have clients who ask me you know, should they just choose like one main color for their product or should they have, you know, multiple colors? I'm curious to hear like how you all decided on that. Yeah. I mean, we have a very sunny palette. So while the yellow is something Mm -hmm. that's like very 
forefront. Um, we have sort of like a multitude of other colors that are um, meant to make you feel like bright and happy and have this like instant impact. And um, we wanted something that was like sunny that kind of like stood out on shelves that was colorful and loud because there's a lot of neutral out there. There's a lot of mm. blah. <laughs> and I think we really wanted it to be reflective of not just our personalities, but we wanted to like make a real statement for if people are going to have us in our, their bathrooms or um, have us in their lives. Like it's fun. Even when we do in-person experiences, people walk in and they're like, I was drawn to the yellow right away. And we constantly think of like it being this like yellow, shallow, sort of like fun, lighthearted thing. <laughs> and it's nice to connect that with the overall message of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I'd also add that when, you know, if everybody else is doing neutrals, we don't want to be like everybody mm -hmm. else. And I feel like even when you look at the brands that are launching now and they're that are really disrupting and making an impact in the industry, they're, they're creating their own identity and they're not just using that minimalist aesthetic. I mean, ours is in a sense, there is some minimalism there, but at the same time, it's, it's bright. Mm -hmm. It stands out on the shelf and we want it to be unique. And I also feel like we didn't have any um, desire to sort of follow what everybody else is mm -hmm. doing. And so I think that's where we, we like really nailed it with the yellow. And actually one thing you probably don't know is that Gloria designed the packaging. Oh, awesome. So that's all done in house as well. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because I, I just think it's always the sweet spot whenever you can choose colors or, you know, branding that convey the message that you want to put out there for your brand. But it's also helping you stand out against all of those other like neutral <laughs> brands in, in the industry. So I feel like that's like the, the perfect place to be. <laughs> so kind of touching on that too, skincare, it's crowded, you know, it's a busy industry. It feels like so many new brands like popping up almost every day. So how have you all dealt with, you know, have you felt pressure to like compete with other products? And yeah, is there, is there anything else um, aside from, you know, the packaging and, and everything that you've tried to help yourself stand out more. Yeah. I think with, with our product in particular, it is quite disruptive mm -hmm. in the industry right now. And so in terms of standing out, I'm, that's not something that I'm personally very worried about, but I think there's a bit of education with our product mm -hmm. because people aren't used to exfoliating in the way that we are encouraging them to. And so they're used to using like topical ointments or scrubs. And we're showing them that there's a completely different way to exfoliate that actually you can see the dead skin coming off of your body without just like scratching the surface. Um, so I think in that way, we're, we're quite disruptive with not only our coloring and our brand, but also our product and the essence that we're bringing to the market. And I think the the best way as someone who's launching a new product in an industry that's really growing and, and big is you have to create your own community. You have to carve out your own space and do things your own way. And I think, you know, that's also why we, we picked the color yellow is we don't want to be like everybody else. We're creating products that are different. Our mission is quite different. And we're just in the, the beginning stages, right? We only have a couple of products right now, but we're still formulating. We're going to be building more, a full body care line. Um, and so in that sense, I think it's just, for me, it's more like excitement for what's coming in the future versus looking so much at what my neighbors are doing because comparison is 
absence of joy and shell is all about joy. So <laughs> I try not to focus on that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like part of it else is also just like being ourselves, right? Like no person yeah. is going to be like us and the combination of us, there's not really going to be anyone else out there like us. And I think that was the thing too, is just like, how much of us do we show? How much of us do we share? How much mm-hmm. um, do we, you know, showcase in the process of building this? And I think we realized that people actually really like that, right? Like that's something that is a differentiator because there could be a million products out there that people could use for X, Y, Z problem. But I think it's also like the input and the purpose and like that energy also that's like carried with everything from the brand, the products, to the content, to the community, like that's a big part of it. And even when we talk about like early day sales, like these people are investing in like buying from us, right? So I think that's a big component of it, right? Skincare is like very functional sometimes, but there's also a big part of it where it's like the education and the conversations, the ongoing dialogue and the trust that you build with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because I do feel like sometimes when people are in those early stages of, you know, like pre-launch starting the business, they do kind of go back and forth. Like, should I be showing my face, Um, you know, as the founder, should I make like my story be part of the brand story or should I just like let the product speak for itself? And, you know, I don't really need to show who I am behind the scenes, but you all have felt like sharing who you are has, has kind of helped build the, the trust and like the connections with your customers. For sure. I, I think there's, when you notice right now, if you take a look at what's happening in the skincare industry or body care in particular with the founders that are women of color, mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting to see a lot of us are putting ourselves out there to be like, we're women of color. This is what we're creating. We're trying to build something in this industry. We're trying to also like the percentage of female founders that are women of color, the percentage is so low. The amount of investment funding that they get is so low. It's like less than 1%. So for, for us, I think it was in the beginning, we were a little bit like, ah, do we put our faces on it? And then shortly after we just were like, let's take a risk and let's not even a risk, but let's get out of our own comfort zone and put ourselves out there and see what happens. And the results have been really great because even for myself, when I purchase a product, I like to know who's behind the product, right? Like, why are they creating these products? What's their mission? And our mission is so much about empowering people to love themselves and supporting women of color. And so we are women of color. Like we are supporting people just like us. Um, and on anybody who really like wants to exfoliate and feel good in their skin. So why not put our faces out there, tell people our story. And I think it's when you buy a product now, you're not just buying a product, you're like supporting someone's dream. And so what better way to show somebody what our dream is than to share where we came from? I love that. And yeah, I I think especially in, in a crowded industry like skincare, I mean, of course, you're all's product like you said, it is disrupting. You're offering a different approach, um, something new. But even if there's a founder out there who their product, maybe it isn't quite as like innovative um, as yours, but sharing whatever your unique story is as a founder, you know, what led you to like struggling with the the problem that now your product is solving, that's never going to be exactly the same as anyone else's. So um, it's always think worth sharing to to connect with people and and give you something that is 
uniquely yours to to set you apart. Now, I know that, you know, with your products, you, you are offering this different way of exfoliating that kind of goes against what people are used to um, within the skincare industry. You mentioned, you know, having to do some extra education. What are you hoping that your product is going to bring to the industry? Or like, are there, are there things with the skincare industry that you, that you want to see change maybe in the next few years? And maybe you're hoping that you can bring about some of that change. Personally, I, I like the fact that we are taking um, concepts of body care and self-care that we use in our own cultures that have been used like for thousands of years that really haven't gone beyond the walls of like certain, certain groups. And I think that in the beauty industry and self-care, body care industry, there needs to be more diversity. Mm -hmm. Like if you really look into all of these different like ancient cultures and the way that they take care of themselves, their bodies, the things they eat, the hair oils they use, like Moroccan oil is, is a great example of that. It really broke through in the market years ago. Um, there's so much untapped potential for products that could disrupt the way that we see self-care as it is today. And I hope that we continue to see more of that um, in the future. And I hope that we continue to expand the type of ingredients that we use in our products. I feel like, you know, you'll pick up a lot of different products and they all have similar ingredients in them because they happen to be trendy and everyone wants to do the same mm -hmm. thing. But there's so many more ingredients that are out there that are natural, that can have positive effects on your body and skin. And I think that we're going to be a brand that will bring that to market and hopefully other brands will follow suit. Yeah, I think a lot of like the emotion that I felt from the beginning was just like this idea of sharing because it's like it started when you shared something with me and, you know, your mom shared it with you. And how do we go about doing things that are with intention, but sharing and like, you know, having knowledge and acceptance and that comes with every interaction of like the things that we do, right? Like I think a lot of what we wanted to do, and even funny enough, like not to go back to the print business, but you know, like the idea of being able to celebrate people of color in like exactly how they are versus a lot of, you know, skincare and makeup even is about how do we like fix something? How do we, you know, like change you? How do we X, Y, Z make you better? Whereas it's like, the idea of discovery and having a conversation and sharing is really like a big part of how we operate these ways. Like, I think that's what makes something so special, right? When something comes from a trusted source or like a person that you love having in your life and being able to experience it for yourself, right? Like even for us, we, we get like video testimonials all the time. And it's so like, it's still mind blowing when people talk about what their individual experiences are with like, oh, it, you know, it helped me with my ingrown hairs and my strawberry skin. I can't believe I didn't know about this earlier. Like, you know, I have sensitive skin and this is how, you know, this worked for me and everyone's experience is going to be different, but they're feeling compelled to share it too. And I think that's like a really, really, really beautiful and unique thing. Yeah. I did want to just add, you know, out of curiosity, and I feel like you touched on this a little bit about wanting to expand your products because you kind of launched with, you know, the main exfoliation product, but yeah, what, what's next? Kind of what are, what are you thinking about in the future? Um, and you know, new products that you're hoping to come out with, um, or yeah, future goals. 
I think we can share like high level what we're thinking. <laughs> we won't go into just because it's secret. Um, definitely continuing along the body care journey and things that we use ourselves, products that we use, you know, like from being in the shower to aftercare outside of the shower, like before waxing and shaving, after waxing and shaving, uh, really just solving a lot of the annoyances or, or things that we we don't like about current products and things that we're using in our body care routines right now. So definitely say expanding the line that we have into oils and different things like that. But um, yeah, I won't say more. I don't know if, if you want to add yeah. anything. In the process of expanding, there's also going to be bad ideas. Those are fun though. Can I share one where we're not doing? Um, I love tongue scraping, but it just wasn't really a fit for what we're doing. But I'm like, I love tongue scraping. I just, I, there was sometimes you come to the table and you're like, this is such a great idea. It's so disruptive. I do it, but I don't know necessarily if that's going to like connect and like land with everyone. But, um, I think it's just like the idea of these like little things in your life that other people might appreciate, but then you realize pretty quickly, like maybe not. So, um, but I think it's also like the idea of being open and imaginative, right? Like that's where that like beautiful connection of like, wow, this is actually disruptive happens, like being willing to put that out there. And really quickly, just to touch on that. I mean, you're, you're co-founders. So of course you're going to have to be brainstorming together. Like what, what new products are you going to have? And you know, which ones are good ideas, which ones are bad ideas. I'm just curious, like, how do you navigate that sometimes? I don't know that we have a process. I think we just kind of get into a zone of where we're like, we're going to brainstorm today about stuff that we want like for me, it always starts with what, what do I want and what, what do I think works for me? But the thing is when you're creating a skincare product, it, like you were saying earlier, you can't just be like, well, it's cause I said, so it's mm -hmm. what's going to work for a larger group of people. Like if it's a, a product that only works for me, but Gloria tries it and she's like, this didn't do anything. Then we need to go back to the drawing board because we want to create products that support what majority of people need. That'll change their lives and change their skincare. So yeah, I mean, we do have brainstorms and like tongue scraper was one where at the time we were like, yeah, it's great. We both use them. The oral health is perfect. It's body care. And then like two days later, we were like, no, that's just like, I don't know what we were thinking that day, but that doesn't feel like it fits. But I think it's also coming to the table with humility and not having an ego of like, just knowing, hey, these are things that I like. Let's put them out there. Do you like them? Let's try them. Let's sample them out. And then not being stuck to an idea if someone else tries it and it doesn't work. And that's also why we do a lot of crowdsourcing and getting feedback when we are going to launch something. We actually want people that are trusted advisors to try it and then tell us if they think it works or not. So that it's not just us in a room doing this in isolation of like the community or reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. I mean, I think this has been, yeah, just so fun to hear how you all started, how you took just what was shared between friends and then transformed it into this product that people are loving. And yeah, it's just, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. The last thing that I'll ask, uh, and I feel like this can be <laughs> a tough question sometimes for people to answer to like pick one thing, but yeah, if there's something that you could go back and maybe tell your younger self, it could be your, you know, 
child self where you were thinking that you were going to do a drastically different <laughs> um, career than than what you are now or or could be, you know, just right before you, you know, decided you were going to start Shell. What advice maybe you'd, you'd give to yourself? I think it's just maybe not advice, but just like commentary mm-hmm. as I look like maybe it's just the way that I live my life. But um, I would just tell my younger self that you're good. Like, I think there's no, I don't have any instances where I feel like I messed up so badly. And, you know, I think there's just like, there's element of like self-compassion and, and forgiveness, no matter what you do. And like not looking back and feeling like you made any big mistakes because those always lead you somewhere. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but like things are just not going to go the way that you picture. And I think the sooner that you like don't have attachment to a certain outcome, the better things become, right? So I think it's just like looking back and being like, you're good. Like you didn't, you lived the, like you made the best decisions that you could in that moment with the information you had. And like, what else could you ask for outside of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I would say something similar to like, just lean into your creativity, lean into doing things that make you feel good, that in your gut, you can tell, like, I think we all have really strong intuition and it's just whether you're going to lean into it and accept what your intuition is telling you or whether you're going to ignore it and keep going down a different path. Like just like Gloria said, you're going to be good no matter what you choose, but follow your gut, stay creative and and stay focused on your own path. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's important for for everybody. And it kind of goes back to the question you asked earlier about the industry and competition. And it's like, don't look at what your neighbors are doing, just focus on what feels good for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But I think that's a great reminder for anyone, younger self or current self. <laughs> Maybe our current oh, sure. current yeah. selves need that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you being so creative with like questions and just in your practice and like being curious about us, about people, about the world. Like it's really um, not that common. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I was so excited to talk to you all and, um, yeah, just always so drawn to like people who are, you know, like you said before, wanting to bring something new, something that people haven't heard of before, but that you, you know, yourselves have experienced, like this is better than like what, (laughs) what we've been given as options and to, build a product that's thoughtful and community driven and yeah, just love everything that you're doing. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories and um, where can people find you? Of course, you know, we'll add links um, so that people can follow you, check out your products, stay tuned for the new products that will <laughs> be coming surprises and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. You can find us shell body everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We'll all be following along and um, definitely needing some exfoliation as we enter <laughs> into the summer and shed our, our oh, yeah. winter skin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Heart Led Brand. If you want to follow along on our guest journey, support them, check out everything that they are doing. All of the links will be in our show notes. And we will see you again next week for another interview with an amazing, thoughtful founder.